and welcome back to Beyond the Pitch podcast, uh, season one, episode three. Uh, happy Thursday for everyone listening to it on the on the day that this comes out. It's uh, it's good to be back. We've had a very busy week of sports. Um, a couple upsets. It's nice to see Aston Villa lose to Stevenage. Um, that's always that's always amusing when stuff like that happens. Um, so it's uh, you know enjoying enjoying the little things in life at the moment. Uh, how's everyone's dry January going? Uh, it's not happening in this household, that's for sure. Um, why does it really happen? You know, it should be damp January. Just get as mindlessly drunk as possible to put up with the fact that, you know, you could lose 6-0 to Manchester City at the weekend and stuff like that. I'm nervous, nervous for that game as a United fan. Anyway, we've sort of already gotten off track and we're not even a minute into the podcast. Okay, we're going to kick things off this week um, talking about what happened last night. Now, for those that weren't following, we're going to kick things off with the football world. And it was the Carabao Cup. Now, this is a competition that is... I mean, is it is it pointless? Yes, probably. Does it distract from more important competitions uh, and just make your tyres more player your your <laughs> your players more tired? I think I'm the tired one. Um, yes, it does. But uh, Man United are in the final four, so I don't care about any of that. And I will be advocating this competition for many years to come if we're going to keep playing like this. Uh, look, we're into the final four, but who aren't into the final four are Manchester City. And that's a great thing to see. They played abysmally last night. Southampton beat them 2-0. And in the moment, right, if we're thinking about this individual game, that is great. It's great to see City not playing well. They have this oil money pumping into their club. They have basically three starting squads in their... Uh, three starting lineups in their squad. It's it's stupid, the uh, the backup of players they have on their bench. But um, they just were completely off the ball last night. Uh, I believe, um, I believe that this could cause some issues for the weekend. However, um, it is the Manchester derby, big game. If you're a neutral, great game to watch, especially at the moment. City on the down a little bit, United on the up. As a United fan, a bit nerve wracking. Um, I actually am going to... I never predict Man United to lose. Uh, and I hope I'm entirely wrong. Because obviously I want us to win. I do see us losing. I think we will lose 3-1 to City. Because they have a very good track record of when they lose embarrassingly like this. They then go on to um, just outperform themselves. Uh, yet again, there's a lot of squad rotation or... Pep gives them a bit of a bit of a stern talking to. You've got to die for three points. Um, so I wish I was a neutral <laughs> for this game because I'm very excited to see how it goes down. Uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. But uh, I was chatting to my mates about this last night. I think I think Arsenal are still beatable. I think we Man United. Uh, our next three games, I believe, are City, Palace, and Arsenal. I think we lose to City and we beat Palace and Arsenal. Um, Ten Hag is in this incredible form at the moment. We are seven games unbeaten, five 
wins in a row, I think. Something like that. Um, but I just think the way that City were practically humiliated last night, losing to a team that is struggling to stay in the Premier League in Southampton, uh, doesn't bode well for anyone else that's playing against them in the near future. So it'll be exciting to see, um, see what happens in the weekend. And we will cover it in more depth next week. Now, before we jump into this week's topics, um, I just want to go over some transfer news in the football world. João Felix to Chelsea. Uh, I think that's a great signing. Uh, Man United were interested in him. I believe Arsenal were interested in him. But it does confuse me a little bit on why he is not being played by Simeone over in Atletico. I think he's obviously a youngster and he's got um, incredible... Uh, skills on the ball but his stats aren't that good I mean uh, for the, his I've got it written down here for his um, 90, 84 starts for um, Atletico um, he's played a full minute just 24 times uh, sorry 134 games at Atletico 84 starts and only played 90 minutes 24 times um, whilst he has 33 goals and 16 assists. Um, that is only 0.25 uh, goals a game, apparently. Is that right? Is the maths just about right on that? I think so. Yes. Yes, it looks it looks right. I'm doing maths in my head quickly. Um, yeah, 0.25 goals per game. Which, for this wonder kid, um, you'd expect it to be at least over... Over 0.5. Um, and, and maybe Potter is able to bring this, you know, this sleeping beast, um, waking it up inside him. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jao Felix is going to struggle at Chelsea because Chelsea is struggling. And if you're a player that is, quote unquote, out of form um, and maybe not living up to the to the player that everyone expects you to be. Uh, not everyone is going to be able to reach that that high status. Um, but I think with Chelsea out of form and Potter struggling and not having not having a um, a full window and a pre-season, I, I just don't see João Felix kicking off very well. Um, and I hope I'm right. I don't want to say I hope I'm wrong because... Who wants to see Chelsea succeed? No one, really. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, Manchester United have just confirmed the signing of Voot Weghorst. Um, not even a real name, Voot Weghorst. Uh, if you know, you know. But uh, uh, a pretty good signing. I, I looked into the the history of Ten Hag as a, as a, as a manager, and he loves a traditionally very, very tall centre-forward slash striker um, and someone that can, can take... We don't have anyone that's that's supreme at headers, really, now that Ronaldo's gone. Um, someone that can control the pitch in their own way, and I think Fruit Reghorst could be that person. He performed pretty poorly at Burnley and has been on loan at Besiktas. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and we paid them three million euros for him uh to, to join us on loan for half a season now i ho- obviously i hope he performs uh i am nervous considering his previous stats from burnley his 
Turkish League stats are pretty good. But then again, it is the Turkish League. So, um, and Deli Ali can't even perform. Oh, I, I mean, that's actually not saying anything. That's just Deli Ali. That's what you get from Spurs players. But the point is, the transfer market is a little bit weird at the moment. There seems to be a lot of loans. Um, Chelsea have obviously bought quite a few players and seem to be trying to build their squad back up. But I don't know. Transfer market just seems a little bit weird for me at the moment. Leeds are coming out this morning and announced a 28 million um, euro signing of a Donny that I've never heard of before. But maybe that's just my poor ball knowledge. Um, so I'm trying to trying to trying to get a uh, trying to get a saying on on um, what the name of this guy is. I'll check it in a minute. But I think I think clubs like Leeds. Um, need to be spending a lot more. You know, clubs at the lower, lower half of the table should be focusing on spending more and just bringing in more talent. Um, whereas the top six are probably doing what what it looks like they're doing, um, and focusing on 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 the management. And there doesn't seem to be much recruitment of top class players. I mean, I know Cody Gakpo's gone to Liverpool, but I, I think he's going to do a Nunes. I'm I'm coming out and saying it. I think he's going to do a Nunes, and I think he's going to struggle for a few months. I think it's very hard to find Louis Diaz that comes in halfway through a season and just smashes it. It means uh, Bruno Fernandez did it with uh, Man United when he came in 2019. I want to say uh, that is very very rare to find for a for a player to join a new league, new country, have their family shifted around, and just perform to the highest of standards. So I think Cody Gakpo is going to be a bit of a flop for a couple of months. Uh, and I think Liverpool aren't far off getting back to where they probably should be and where they could be. I think they will still finish top four. Um, so I think it's going to be a very, very interesting second half of the season. And I'm highly, highly excited. And I'm also highly excited about outside of the football world. Uh, we've got great weekend of boxing uh this weekend well we'll be talking about that in a moment um but a very very good weekend of boxing next weekend with um chris eubank jr taking on liam smith so very excited for that we'll delve into that topic of conversation shortly now i just want to remind you guys please go follow the instagram accounts uh because i I want i want your um i want you guys to partake in these episodes a bit more let me know what you want me to talk about if there's any signings you want me to talk about, any sport events you want me to, to focus on, uh, anything that I've missed, anything I've got wrong, this is the only way we're going to grow. Because I need you guys to interact with me and let me know what you think. If I'm waffling absolute you know, nonsense for 25 minutes and you hate it, let me know. I mean, it's all useful information. I just want to get better and better. So I want you guys to be involved. I want you guys to tell me what you want me to talk about as well. It makes my life easier and it makes your ears more enjoyed that's not the right saying. It's completely just that was waffle. Anyway, <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to jump into this week's segment. Uh, make sure you follow the Instagram, share it with your friends, and um, yeah, here's what I've got to say on the uh, the world of boxing and uh, what it's like following the footsteps of your famous sporting parents. Look, welcome back. This week we're going to be discussing a couple of different things. We're going to be talking about the pressures of following your famous sporting parents. Um, 
maybe not you guys listening, but we'll be talking about the the uh, the sporting stars that we know of that have followed in um, their parents' footsteps, and especially some new ones coming along at the moment. We're also going to discuss how influencers are affecting the sporting world, primarily the boxing world. We are going to be talking about KSI and Jake Paul, um, as they're both hot topics at the moment, uh, one of which is fighting this weekend. So we're, we're going to cover cover those. So um, well, we might as well jump straight into that. And um, for those that don't know uh, about about a man called KSI, he's a British YouTuber, um, started off making FIFA videos, and he now now he fights at the Ovo uh, Arena in Wembley. So he, he's had a pretty... Um, Pretty impressive life. Uh, the The main point of this is there's constantly a lot of backlash about these sort of celebrities, very much more celebrities than sports stars, um, coming into the sporting world and affecting how um, how how some of it might be portrayed. And the the boxing, uh, I was going to say boxing realists, but the boxing super fans and the traditional boxing super fan. Which is your your Anthony Joshua fans and and before that your sort of Mike Tyson fans and Lennox Lewis the traditional traditional boxing style um, uh, style fans aren't overly keen on this idea of you know people that don't have a background in the sport you know a couple of these these celebs that are fighting now um, you know only came into it a couple of years ago but they they are showing the dedication that um, that it takes and they're um, bringing a lot more eyes to the sport, but there is a there is an argument saying that it uh, you know it, it gives an un, unrealistic view of uh, of the boxing world in particular. Now I don't know any examples uh, per se of, of of any other sports. I feel like boxing is it's one of those ones you see celebrities doing these charity matches, and we were seeing Freddie Flintoff um, doing like a white collar charity boxing event. It was actually quite. A, and decent boxer um but you're now having all these crossover events of mma stars fighting boxers fighting youtubers and and ultimately getting knocked out and embarrassed at their big old ages um like ben Askren, who was a, a great mma star in the ufc then went on to fight jake paul for basically a lot of money that's probably why he did it um and it looked like a very set-up knockout. Um, it, was, it was meant to make Jake Paul look good. Who was a, you know, Jake Paul's a very egotistical man, um, and it just it looked good for him, and it looked horrific for someone like Ben Askren, who sort of put this this damp dampener on his career, the ending of his career. I mean, he was never known for being a particularly good. Um, puncher boxer in the ring he was he was more of a grapple man but um it's just strange seeing how a lot of these big ex-stars seem to throw away the idea of a legacy for a cash grab um and i i completely understand it you know if 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 times are hard for a lot of them it isn't we you know we discussed it previously about uh ronaldo going to alnes here He'd be getting like four hundred million from his contract, and I've lost a horrific amount of um, respect for him recently over the last few weeks. So there's, although it might not be the the influencer's fault, as it were, um, it does it does then have an effect on 
all these other sporting legends that seem to be sort of ruining their career and getting knocked out by younger, fitter, more active guys, rather than rather than just sticking. You know, it's 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 hard to hang up the gloves. I understand that completely, but it's um yeah, it's having a weird effect on the sport at the moment, especially at the moment. You know, social media is, is obviously huge and growing, and if you get knocked out, it's it's visible everywhere by literally billions of people. Um, and there's a lot more, you know, back in the day, it used to be, oh, I'm going to punch you in the face and knock you out and that's it. And I know trash talk sells fights, but it's becoming a bit embarrassing when these influencer types hop onto social media and try and try and show themselves off as, as you know, as, as the A side, as the, as the bigger man um, and getting things wrong. Uh, both in and out of the ring, you know, factually and, um, you know, fitness-wise and not taking things seriously. It does bring an unrealistic view to the sport, which doesn't help in terms of growth because uh, some fans are going to be put off from it because they're like, oh, if this is what the world's becoming, I don't want to watch it anymore. And then people that join, um, you know, younger fans that might be, um, you know, fans of these social media stars, joining just to watch watch their their idol as it might be uh compete in a, in a boxing event um they're sort of seeing an unrealistic representation of of how it's of how it goes down so it, you know there's there's arguments for both sides on whether this is going to be successful in the long run i've only seen it so far in in boxing i can't really you know it's one of the i, I wouldn't say easier sports to get into but you know, you can't, if you're a YouTuber or a TikToker or, you know, a Twitch streamer, it's kind of hard to, you know, get signed by a football club and just jump straight into the first team. Whereas obviously if you're, if you're doing an individual sport, uh, boxing is a bit more easy. It's easier to sort of bring in the numbers and jump to the top. You can't just get your way into a football club unless, of course, you are Romeo Beckham. Now, I'm not going to say that Romeo Beckham had any influence on getting a Brentford contract recently uh, because of his surname, but I imagine it probably helped a little bit. And funny thing is, I actually know someone that went to school with Romeo Beckham, and they told me that uh, Romeo Beckham was in the tennis team. And the only reason he was in there was basically because uh, he was Romeo Beckham and his parents gave quite a lot of money to the school, which sort of, I can understand, that makes sense. But um, you know, having having these these sporting parents certainly helps a lot of these these kids to. And I, you know, I I understand that you you want to give your kid the the best opportunity possible to excel in the the sporting field that they love. But Romeo Beckham has signed on loan, I believe, um, to Brentford. He is in their B team at the moment um, from LA Galaxy, uh, and. Thomas Frank was basically saying that he would love to get him, you know, training with, I think he's been training with the, the first team squad a little bit, you know, and it, the possibilities out there of him joining the, joining the first team, you know, whether it's just in training or friendlies or what, but the opportunity is out there. And I think great for Romeo Beckham, I'm sure, you know, if you're surrounded by the right people, there's, um, there's no harm in that whatsoever. He's going to be training with the right people and, I'm sure ultimately he he will get better, but 
he has some seriously big shoes to fill, doesn't he? When it comes to someone like um, our, our famous Beckham, our, our number seven, um, no one really quite takes free kicks like him. Um, so I, I, I would struggle to see him becoming anything like his father. Uh, and that goes the same for, you know, boxing stars. Boxing stars, you know, traditionally always have um, a, a son or a daughter that gets into boxing, you know, following their success. And you've got Ricky Hatton's son, uh, Campbell Hatton, who had a very, very uh, shaky start to his career. I remember watching his fight during COVID and on BT Sport. It was a, uh, I believe it was on a Daniel Dubois undercard, something like that. And Campbell Hatton came out for his um, his his debut against a journeyman, uh, and and Campbell basically just got punched up for about three rounds, and won on a split decision or something like that. Um, I, I will fact check that for you, of course. That's purely going off my memory. Um, but the point is, he was thrown in deep end, and he'd had very very few amateur fights, and. He he um, he was thrown in the deep end on a pretty big undercard and given this opportunity, you know, so he should, but he's got the hat and name to live up to. And he did not perform to um, expectation. He, he has, uh, here we go, nine wins, three by knockout and six by decision. Uh, this is it, yeah, so... He had a uh, his first win against Jesus Ruiz uh, in in March 2021. Um, oh no, sorry, it must have been his second fight because it was the Manchester Arena. I remember it being Manchester Arena um, against Levy Dunn, and he won on points. Um, and it was it was it was an odd an odd showdown, I think. You know, he probably took the spot of a fighter that maybe deserved it more. You know, that'd been working hard and he sort of got thrown in because of his surname uh, and then proceeded to not live up to to the expectation. Um, and he won probably unfairly, if I recall correctly. It was an unfair fight, in my opinion. The fact that the result was unfair. Um, but then, you know, he's 22. He's got many, many years to... To try and you know perform better, and I think he will. He's got he's got great opportunity, but there are, you know, some fights. You know, it can be difficult if your if your dad is one of the best ever. Say, take Chris Eubank for example. His son Chris Chris Eubank Jr. who'll be fighting, not this Saturday coming Saturday twenty first against Liam Smith. Very very excited for that fight. Um, it's a it's a peculiar one with. Chris Eubank Jr. because obviously his dad Chris Eubank, one of the best boxers of his time, absolutely phenomenal a bizarre man both when he was a boxer and even more so now that he's been hit in the head for <laughs> many years in a row but um, Chris Eubank has, has had quite a good career realistically, he has had a very good career um, but I feel like he could have excelled a bit more I don't think um, he I'm I'm not going to say he took it seriously enough because he definitely has taken seriously enough Um, but he's had 
two losses, I believe, and something like 32 wins. So it's a pretty decent record. But I, I, maybe, maybe it's just he's not the same character. And that's half the reason. Um, obviously, his father was a um, real, real eye catcher. Really, you know, um, strutted the ring really well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure if strutting the ring is uh, how he particularly wants to be described. But the point is, uh, especially in the sporting world, when it comes to boxing, when it is just you, I know there's a whole team behind you, but when it's just you that's got to perform like that and um, you don't have anyone else to really sort of back you up and you can hide on a, on a player um, on a football pitch, on a rugby pitch or even on, in, the, in the field for cricket, it's easy to sort of, well, easier to hide a, a poor subpar performance. Um, and I think in the world of boxing, it's highlighted a hell of a lot more. And there's a lot of pressure on these people like Campbell Hatton, Chris Eubank Jr., um, uh, I'm trying to think of any, literally anyone else. I've had a mind blank, but uh, the point is uh, that it that it can be um, quite daunting. But I guess obviously these guys are these guys are, are made for it. This is what they do. But maybe maybe one day I'll I'll follow in the footsteps of um, uh, my parents and and uh, do yoga. I don't know. I'm waffling. It's the end of the podcast. My brain's going uh, going to sleep. I hope you guys haven't gone to sleep. Please share this podcast with uh, your friends, family, everyone you can. We're uh, we're here for at least fifty episodes. You lucky lucky things. Um, and then we'll see about season two. But uh, we've got a long year ahead of us. Very exciting year. Pat full of. Guests that I'm sorting out as we speak, trying to get them on the podcast. Um, so the next couple of weeks, uh, listen out. So we've got some guests lined up for, for the next couple of weeks on both podcasts. Make sure you check out Behind the Camera as well as here, Beyond the Pitch. Follow us both, both Instagram accounts. Um, keep up to date, everything's going on. And uh, yes, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a cracker of an episode. We've got a nice guest joining for you, an absolute stat man. Um, some people call him Statman Dave, although that isn't his name, so not sure why they'd call him that. But be excited, we've got a very, very interesting episode next week. We won't just be talking football for people that are getting annoyed with just talking about football on this show. So, so make sure you tune in next Thursday. We'll catch you guys then. Thanks very much for listening. Bye.